golf and rock and roll not logical but it is fascinating playing down that big old fairway don't want no hackers to get in my way the boys and me got a big nasa going we were born to drive It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, along with my special guest wingman tonight, the one, the only, Brendan Sweeney from the beautiful French Lick Golf Resort in Indiana, even though he lives here in Orlando. That's like the greatest gig ever, Mr. Sweeney. Um, Just commuting back and forth to the beautiful Midwest, which I know is where you're from and all that good stuff. Deep in the heart of the Hoosier National Forest, you can't be it. Gee, how are you? I'm still in a little bit of a turkey coma, <laughs> to be quite <laughs> honest. Oh, that <laughs> Went up north to uh, lovely upstate New York for uh, the week. Rochester. Yeah, and uh, my Buffalo Bills. Um, Monday night, football, and Sunday, right? Both of them out of town. Had the opportunity to go to watch the game, but they weren't home. <laughs> That's so wrong. Hey, uh, check the schedule before you head yeah. up. It's always, it's always easy to get free tickets when they're not in town. I know. I was, I was right there on the 50-yard line. How's, how's the fam damley doing? Uh, no family left in, in Rochester anymore, but lots and lots of friends. And, uh, you know, we visited some old haunts, you know. Get the garbage plate? Got it in Nick Tahoe's. You know, you know the city well. But, hey, I tell you, we were up there. We were at the, PGA, the PGA Championship. I remember sitting down with you. We were in the, at that uh, media party. And you introduced me to the Jenny Cream Ales. That's right. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> made a little visit to the Genesee Brewery. I tell you, which I... sits on the beautiful high falls of the Genesee River. They have just maxed out this brewery. I mean, it used to be a place, you know, you wouldn't go two miles near because of the smell of the place. But I'm telling you, B, they've got this huge restaurant. They they give you a tour. They've got they've actually got a gift shop. It's <laughs> scary. Well, I tell you, you know. And, of course, I've had to buy a T-shirt. Yeah, well, you have to. But I, that's the first time I had it. And anybody who knows me knows that I get slammed down a couple of mineral lights here and there. I had two of those Jennies. Kick your butt. waxed. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. That and Genesee Light, one of the best light beers on the planet. But now, too, they have all these, you know, foo-foo beers, you know, the custom beers. Some kind of seasonal Oktoberfest we drank and some some sort of ch- chocolate beer. I don't know. But I learned all about how beer was made, and it was a blast. A lot of fun. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. We, uh, we, we kept it local. You did. We kept it downtown. The Sweeney, and, uh, the Sweeney clan? Uh, and, and mixed did company. Did you go to the parade? No. <laughs> the big winter park parade? Isn't no. that where they? No. No? We, uh, we, we put the crew to work. They were they were raking you, leaves. What, what were you serving? Turkey burgers? Did turkey you go burgers, all out? Turkey lasagna. 
Turkey jerky. <laughs> oh, my God. Lurky turkey. Uh, well, thank God it's over. I know. Nobody I know. got hurt. Just minor freakouts. And a there. lot of golf going on. A lot There's of golf lot going of. on while we were off here for a couple of weeks. Um, Kevin Kisner winning his first tournament. He was, uh, you know, knocking the, the door a, a bunch of times towards the Georgia latter Bulldog. part of the season. Wins at St. Simon's Island last week. And Matt Jones, the Aussie from down under, winning the Australian Open, beating out defending champ Jordan Spieth. University of Arizona. And uh, Adam Scott having a good tournament in front of the the home crowd down there. And he actually jumped on the old G5, and he's over in the Bahamas right now. Yeah, with uh, 18 of Tiger's uh, closest friends for the Hero Challenge that was here last year in Orlando and now in the Bahamas. Do they make better umbrella drinks in the Bahamas, do you think? I think... Any umbrella drink is pretty good right about now. Well, um, lots of news coming out of that tournament, and we're going to be talking to Todd Lewis live from the Bahamas uh, in our next segment. Uh, Tiger Woods announcing that he's nowhere near a return to golf. Uh, some pretty sobering news in that press conference. Uh, Brendan, it's you know his third surgery in 18 months. We're going to have one of the leading neurosurgeons in the country on in our second segment to talk about Tiger's back and uh, was sounding like he could be near the end of his career, which was um, just very shocking. Was he 39? And you look at Kobe Bryant, who started playing, he's 37. He's retiring. So who would you, know, you figure? Kobe's going to retire to play golf. And then Tiger just beat up his body too much. Well, and, uh, you know, the the back is your, your circuit board, you know, for the the whole body. And, uh, you know, a lot of conversation from the first back surgery. If he, you know, pushed a little too quickly, several players on tour then saying, hey, it takes a year. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously a, a lot of uh, um, opinions going back and forth about all that. He, but lo- he lost his mojo and he got it back on track and then it just. Well, the, I think the, the most uh, telling part about what came out of the press conference is that he's not even doing therapy yet. I mean, he's. He's barely walking. Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to be a long road, he said. Um, it, uh, there's no timetable. Sounded, um, you know, a, a, a bit pessimistic for Tiger. Nothing to look forward said, to. Uh, yeah, and there's nothing I can look forward to. And I think at this point, he's just interested in getting healthy to live life and be able to, as he said, play soccer with his kids, probably even pick up his kids. So... You know, you really start to see um, how, you know, really devastating uh, this could be for the greatest player we'll ever see. Well, on the flip side, you look at the at the young guys that are coming up now. So that's the new ebb and flow of, of the sports world. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we saw Rory winning in Dubai. So Rory ends the season with a, a little bit of extra Cash in his pocket, and Graham McDowell winning in Mexico the week before last. Give it up for the Irish, baby. Again, you know, this wraparound season helping not only some of the, you know, the better players on tour, like Graham, who didn't have a very good year for, I would say, he would say in 2015, but to kind of get that jump start coming into the new season. Charles Schwartzel won the Alfred Dunhill Championship uh, over in Europe, and... um, the LPGA wrapping things up. Down in South Florida, baby. In Naples. Lydia Ko winning 
the race to the CME, Rolex Player of the Year, Kaching Kaching. Wow, two years on tour. She's uh, quite a quite a story, and uh, NB Park winning in uh, Mexico the week See. before. So gave her gave gave uh, uh, Lydia a pretty good run for the money coming down. Uh, she won just by three hundred points. Christy Kerr was the winner of the tournament. So a good end of the year tournament for for Christy. So. Lots and lots of golf happening as we're wrapping up and coming uh, closer to the holidays when we will get a, a couple weeks of a break here before we got to continue back in January. But we uh, have a lot of golf to talk about tonight, and in particular the breaking news about Tiger Woods. And we will be going to Todd Lewis in our next segment from the Golf Channel Live to hear the latest. So stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9. The game will be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Brendan Sweeney. What's up, G? I guess I need to revise that to the ultimate I-4. Oh, my gosh. Which I don't know what is ultimate about that construction going on right now that they just say is going to be years before it's done. Kaylee's closed. They just closed Kaylee Avenue today. They closed Ivanhoe, my exit, last week. Not pretty. No, it's not good. Well, just sit back. Listen to us. We'll keep a smile on your face. And uh, a guy who's uh, enjoying being in the islands right now, probably uh, having an umbrella drink or two. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel on the line to bring us up to speed on the Hero Challenge down in Nassau, but also the breaking news from the press conference yesterday with Tiger Woods, Todd. Um, quite, Quite shocking, I thought, and... Very uh, sobering news coming from Tiger yesterday. Can you give us a, a sense of what it was like to be there? Well, I, you know, first off, I, I mean, I don't know if it was news. It was more of an attitude um, that we quite haven't seen, at least to that degree. Um, I, you know, Tiger didn't retire. Okay, so let's not let's not bury his career. <laughs> so I'm I'm all um, with but, you there. So, but. You know, there was a hammer to the forehead moment, at least for me, when Tiger said, or was asked, rather, if he'd ever won a tournament again, would he be at peace with it? And the Tiger that I've known uh, prior to this this year, actually, would have said, no, no, I would not be satisfied, not at all. Um, but he said, you know, hey, I've had a good run, um, which that was a little surprising to hear. But if you also... If you also look at what he's been doing this year, I mean, along those same terms, you know, for years, reporters have asked Tiger, hey, Tiger, what's your motive? What's your expectation here at this tournament um, when he was, you know, at his height, whether he was coming back from an injury where it was a long layoff or even when he was coming back from the scandal? And without hesitation, he would look that reporter in the eye like, hey, I can't believe you're asking me this stupid question and say, I'm here to win. Um, but this year it was – a different tone, a different message. When asked that question, I asked, I actually asked him that question at the memorial, and he said, 
I, I just want to put myself in position to contend. Um, that's a different rhetoric. That's a different tone. And by the way, at the memorial, he shot an 85 on Saturday. Um, so, you know, if you've paid attention to what Tiger has been saying this year, he's lost confidence with his body, which ultimately triggers the domino effect, and he doesn't have confidence with his game. And mentally, he's in kind of a valley. Uh, no kind of about it. He's definitely in a valley. Um, and I saw a little bit of hopelessness yesterday. I saw uh, a little bit of seeing him defeated in some way. But he is hanging on to hope that his body will turn around, his doctors know what they're doing, his physical therapists know what they're doing. And maybe a year from now, he'll have some upbeat ticks. He'll have some positive energy to build on. And, you know, we hope that he can come back and, and play at the level that he wants to play at. Now, will that be the 2000-2001 Tiger? Doubtful. But, you know, you never know. Him, him coming out here and having his presence felt would definitely be a positive for the world game of golf. Well, I, you know, it's a different Tiger now, too, of course, with his two young kids. And I think it's uh, probably very confronting to now be also facing just what life's going to look like, you know, to live a healthy life. I mean, he was talking about just the opportunity to be able to interact with his kids. And I'm sure... You know, he's taught that includes picking him up and, you know, hugging him and throwing him in the air. And he also mentioned playing soccer with them. So, you know, the the back is uh, the thing that holds your whole body together. And, you know, he was talking about just being able to walk uh, and that's all he was doing. And uh, I, I think to, you know, to get to that place where you're just really taking one step at a time to know what even your, you know, physical well-being is going to be moving forward. True. You're exactly right. But there have been plenty of, of players who have had back surgery, who've had this procedure. I mean, you just look at what Davis Love III did this year. I mean, he had uh, a fusion in his neck, and he had foot surgery, but at the age of 51, was at the age of 51, let me reiterate that, 51, Tiger's 39. It's going to be 40 in less than a month. At the age of 51, he won a PGA Tour event. That Tiger Woods is in the field playing. Um, so, again, this is why I'm telling people, you know, we hear you know, a lot. I've heard this all day today that uh, we're, we're seeing the beginning of the end of Tiger. Tiger's going to hang it up. Tiger's going to retire. No, no, no. Let's everybody cool our jets. Tiger's rehabbing. He's probably dejected because last year, I know he's dejected because last year he had that first microdiscectomy. And he was optimistic that, hey, you know what? It's over now. I don't have to worry about my back. But it, he did, you know, it took, it's going to take another surgery. Uh, it actually take, it took two procedures. So, you know, and that happens a lot of, with a lot of athletes. Sometimes the first surgery on a knee, uh, a neck, or wherever, you know, it just doesn't take. They have to go back and do it again. And that's, pro that's definitely what's happened here. But I'm not ready to count him out. I'm not ready to hang his spikes up. I think he'll be back trying to make another run at it. It's just a matter now of trying to get the confidence of the body in the game to make a successful run. We're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, live from the Bahamas and the Hero World Challenge. Well, one guy who's dealt with back injuries all his life, one is Freddie Couples, another Rocco Mediate, who, of course, uh, had that uh, infamous duel at uh, Torrey Pines for the 2008 U.S. Open with Tiger uh, in the playoff I mean, he has certainly been able to overcome, and perhaps some of these guys need to get into Tiger's ear a little bit. 
Well, yeah, I think that's putting the cart before the horse. Uh, I think Tiger, I think Tiger needs to get his body fixed first. And Tiger has been through a litter of swing coaches, uh, from Harmon to Haney to now Chris Como and Sean Foley. Um, you know, adding another, I don't know if that's going to solve the problem. I think, I think, the, you know, look, I'm, I've never played the world's greatest tour. I don't have a staff bag with my name on it, but I, but knowing Tiger and and the people that he has around him. Um, I think the best thing for him is probably get his body right and continue to work on the pattern that he's been working with Chris Como and stick with it. Just stick with it and, you know, see what happens. I, I, I think, you know, Rocco's a great guy, and I'm, I'm sure he, want, he like me and, and many, many, many others, both inside the ropes and outside the ropes, want to see the greatest player of this generation come back and perform at a high level. Um, but you know, I I think Tiger needs to listen to Tiger to stick on the game plan he's got. Totally agree. I think what I was mentioned meaning by that was that he's got some guys that hopefully can give him a little inspiration. You know that there there is light right. at the end of the tunnel. Correct. I mean, you got lots of guys like that. I mean, VJ Singh is a perfect example. I mean, he won you know many 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 tournaments. I don't know the exact number, but I think it's you know, well well into the teens, past the age of forty. Um, so yeah, he can, he, he, he's, he's got some positive things he can look forward to there. He said there isn't much of a light at the end of the tunnel right now, but believe me, if he, if he steps back and gets his back healthy, he'll see that light. And, and I think he'll, he'll be okay. T. Lou, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. B. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Doing great. How's, uh, how's his canter? Is he, is he, uh, is he being nice to you guys out there? The media center? You know, I, uh, well, it's not just us. I've noticed, you know, look, when you fall from first to 400th in the world, humility is definitely filling your tank. Uh, I get that. Um, but uh, for those who think that Tiger is kind of a rude, robotic, not a nice person, I, I will say this. You know, it, during his time where he was making that incredible run, he did have a steeliness about him. He he was very protective and guarded. He really wouldn't give you much. But I think it is a combination of being humbled right now with his game. I think it's a combination also of how his kids have influenced his life, as you know, B, you know, how they can you know, alter your perspective. Yeah, and also, I just made dinner for I him on the way I, over here. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And also, I, look, he's turning. He's coming close to 40. He's going to be 40 by the end of the month. I, you know, we, we evolve, we mature, we, you know, we look at life differently. I, I, I've seen him interact with players who's, who he used to try to rip their, their aorta out. He's having fun with them. He's enjoying this time uh, on the PGA Tour when he's out there. I've seen him interact more with media members and fans. He's been a little more candid, a little more open. He's calling media members by their first name, which, you know, I didn't know. I'd Shocking. I hear that. I, I know, so... Uh, so, it, you know, I, I have seen a softer, gentler Tiger. I'll, I'll just say that. Like Rocky Three, Clubber Lane came yeah, up, maybe. knocked him out. But he got to get Mick back in his corner. He'll be tough again one day. So what else is going on in the, in the, in the islands, my man? Well, I mean, there's a lot of world ranking points here. I mean, it's not a huge field. It's only, there's only 18 players, but, I mean, you've got some pretty good players. And Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, and let's not forget Jordan Spieth is here. Yeah, and, a, guy, um, a guy who matured before our eyes this past year because yeah. it really just yeah. – he started gaining the momentum at this time of year last year. 
Todd, with the win in Australia and then the win, the 10-shot win at Isleworth. What, uh, what, what do you see from Jordan? Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of fall off to, to the year. Um, but what's, you know, he says he's gained so much confidence, obviously, being uh, in contention and winning the two majors. What, what do you see for, for Jordan going into 2016? Well, let's talk about 2015 first. And you're right. I think right at this point, a year ago, is when Jordan figured out how to close tournaments. He did it in Australia when he shot that 62 in the final round. He did it here at this event when he lapped the field, winning by 10 shots, as you mentioned. And, and those were two critical events for him. And he said, when I talked to him today, that the biggest improvement from 2014 to 2015 wasn't his driving ability, wasn't his iron play, wasn't his putting it was his mental growth. He mentally grew so much, and uh, I, I, that is the biggest key. Now, we also asked him today, with the 2015 that you had, what are you expecting from 2016? And he was honest. He's like, you know, I, I, I'm expecting to play well, but if, if I really want to look at what 2015 was, I mean, this could be an historic year. Could he have a year like 2015? in his future or even better of course of course he's optimistic about that but he what does want to improve um and he's on top of the world right now so i mean the, the the kid is i've said this many times he's 22 years old he's got a 32 year old head on a 22 year old pair of shoulders so i, I think he's gonna i think he's gonna be very very good in 2016 as well yeah i have no doubts about that and last uh, before we let you go rory mcelroy winning in dubai uh, good momentum for him. Indeed. Great momentum, actually. Uh, I think that, you know, Rory, Rory has looked back on 2015. He said it was a failed season, a failed year, because he didn't win a major, and obviously that interruption with his uh, with his ankle injury in the summer. Um, but he, he's recaptured, recaptured some of that form. He's recaptured some of that confidence. And not only winning the race to Dubai – which is the top prize in the European Tour, but also winning the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, the final event. It's the Tour Championship of the European Tour. Uh, I think he is itching and hungry for 2016. I think he's going to be a major, major force. I, I believe he's going to be the player of the year in 2016. I know Jordan's playing well. I know Jason Day's playing well. Ricky's had a great year as well. Um, but I really do think Roy McIlroy is going to be the player to beat next year. Couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be very exciting as we turn the corner. Well, my friend, thank you so much for spending a little time with us while uh, you're enjoying the islands, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks so much, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. See you, Todd. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9. The game, stay with us. We've got lots of golf talk. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's... My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. We're back, the Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G along with my special co-host tonight, Brendan Sweeney from the... Fabulous French Lake Resort. Deep in the heart of the Hoosier National Forest. The media PR guru. I say guru. You are the guru, man. And the guru that you knew so well. That's right. Absolutely. Well, 
As we were talking about uh, with, with Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel moments ago, uh, the big story coming out of the Bahamas at the Hero World Challenge, which is the tournament that he hosts and benefits his foundation, Tiger Woods, giving a press conference saying that uh, he's nowhere near to a return in golf, saying some fairly pessimistic things for Tiger, uh, including the fact that um, the hardest part is there's really nothing I can look forward to, nothing I can build towards, Woods said. Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? He has had two surgeries, back surgeries, performed in the last two and a half months. That makes three such procedures in the last 18 months, Brendan. Uh, it's called a microdiscectomy, and we're going to welcome to the show a doctor from one of the leading spine surgery centers here right in Orlando. We've spoken to him before, and it's really a pleasure to have him on the show to break this all down. Dr. Mitchell Suppler, thank you so much from the Neurospine Institute. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Holly. How are you tonight? Uh, doing fine. Um, a lot better than Tiger. Can you kind of um, break this down for us, what you know, this microdiscectomy is all about, these disc issues that he has been dealing with, so we can get some kind of idea of uh, what's going on for Tiger? Sure. Uh, a microdiscectomy is a surgical treatment for a condition that happens in the lumbar or lower back area, and it's to treat a herniated disc uh, in the lumbar spine. Basically, the disc is a joint between vertebrae and your back. It serves as a cushion. And unfortunately, sometimes the outer portion of that disc can tear, and that cushion material can then come out or herniate out and compress things that are behind it. Many times that can compress a nerve that's coming off the spine at a particular level and can give you horrible pain, horrible pain into your back, into the, the buttock and down the leg. And Tiger experienced uh, that when he had his first surgery, and that was the reason to go ahead and do that first surgery because the pain was just un untreatable with non-surgical treatment. And he appeared to do well after that first surgery. But the issue is that once you have a herniated disc, there is a risk of it happening again. And because Tiger went back to aggressively swinging that golf club, trying to keep up with, with Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson and others that are hitting out there well past 300 yards, unfortunately, he had a recurrence. Is... is is this something in particular because of the nature of golf and, you know, the way, of course, the kind of corkscrew motion, especially that, you know, these guys in terms of the pressure and the force that they're putting uh, on their back during the swing? Is, is this, you know, something where the back just takes an unusual amount of, of stress compared to other sports? Yes. Uh, the, the disc has the least ability to handle the biomechanical forces in a bending, twisting motion. And what do we do in golf? We bend and we twist. So you can imagine bending and twisting, but with a tremendous amount of force. And yes, that puts 
that that actually unloads a lot of the ligaments around the disc and it and it makes it susceptible to injury. I remember at the press conference last year at the Hero, which was at Isleworth in Orlando, and Tiger was talking about his second surgery. And um or actually, I mean, sorry, the first surgery that he was recouping from. And I actually asked him if he was doing anything like yoga or, you know, some specific uh, stretching to, you know, help with his with his rehab. And, uh, you know, and, and Tiger gave me his, uh, you know, his his fun little stare like I was, um, you know, a little bit crazy. But I, I think that's one thing that golfers don't do enough of is is stretching, given the nature of the sport. Well, stretching is important to uh, to allow the, your, your spine to move. So if your muscles around your spine, and particularly the core, so we're talking the abdominal muscles, the oblique muscles on the side, and, of course, the muscles right along the spine on the back, if they are both strong and flexible, you are going to have the most protection that your body can give it. So if you are simply lifting weights and not really working on your range of motion or your flexibility, you're not going to be able to maximize what, what you can do with your spine. If you're too flexible, but you don't have any strength with it as well, that could be an issue also. And that's why we see many times gymnasts who are extremely flexible can later in life have issues because They've really overworked the joints, and the muscles aren't as strong as we'd like them to be. But for Tiger, you know, he he was one of the most fit golfers, if not athletes, that we've seen. And even somebody like Tiger can have this injury. And it's it's something that we all have to worry about as we get older, fortunately. We're talking with Dr. Mitchell Suppler, from the n- neurosurgeon from the Neurospine Institute here in Orlando. Brendan, did you have a question? Yeah, doctor. How are you doing today? Hey. Perfect. Hey, um, quick question. It, having one back surgery is is tough. Having two is tougher, obviously. And having your third one, what are the long-term effects? I mean, you have to really be going through some serious pain. But if you go after, under, like, anesthesia, like, three times in a row, what are the side effects of not only going through pain management, but going through under anesthesia and going through the rehab? Do you see like a lot of depression coming involved with some of the patients out there? Well, uh, it, the, going under the anesthesia itself is not too much of an issue. I think there is a psychological impact when you've gone through a surgery, you feel that you've made a recovery, and you, you're trying to do the things that you want to do in life, you know, at, at a very high level. And then you feel that you've done everything correctly. You think you've done everything correctly. And boom, you have the same problem again. And I think that for somebody like Tiger at his, his level of athleticism, it, it threw him for a loop. But wait a minute. No, I, can, I was exercising. I was doing all this. And so, unfortunately, there is a percentage of people that once you have a disc herniation and you have a surgery for it, you have less disc material that's there between the vertebrae. It's been removed. Part of it's been removed because it either came out and had to be removed or some loose fragments were removed during surgery. Now you have less disc material. You're at a higher risk for degenerating at that level. And also, he's trying to swing as hard as he can with that driver 
and it, it, it recurred. So there is a tremendous psychological component like, oh, my God, I have to go through all this again. And then he had a third surgery, which was likely related to some sort of uh, unexpected complication from the second surgery that they had to re-explore and, and, and take care of a problem, which he seems to have recovered from that. So um, just going through the muscles that many times, having less disc material, all of these play a part in how well he's going to be able to come back. And certainly three surgeries in that short period of time, it, it plays on your mind. It really does. How many times can he go back to the well? I mean, is there three? Now he's gone through three. Could he go four or five? And then you know, what happens? What are the long-term effects of that? I mean, are you talking, could he be paralyzed? No. Uh, it, it, his issues are, are not so much of a major neurological issue where he would lose function with, with, with the nerves, et cetera. What the issue would be is that with the loss of the cushion between the vertebrae, it could degenerate. He may get some sort of degenerative arthritic change right there, and that could cause pain. And honestly, if a tiger has another disc herniation at this same level, um, many surgeons would recommend that the two vertebrae be fused together and because the risk of more disc material coming out becomes higher. Well, this being your specialty, and of course, all kinds of um, speculation now going uh, wildly out from certainly the media and all points of, uh, you know, the, the golf industry regarding Tiger's future. Uh, what's, what's your best take on it, Doctor? Uh, Tiger can, it can certainly come back and play at a, at a professional level. Will he be the dominant player that he was, I don't think so. But he can certainly become competitive with the caveat that I really think he needs to do, do some modification. When I have a, a patient that has a work injury, and I consider Tiger's injury a work injury related to what he does for a living, that patient has to modify their, their work habits so that they can continue to work in that field. Um, Tiger, I think, has to modify something to, to dial back if he really wants to be competitive and not put himself in harm's way again. When he played at, at Wyndham, where he didn't need to, to hit the ball as far as he possibly could, he appeared to do very well. And I think that that may be what's in Tiger's future, is being more uh, controlled with his swing, with his ball flight, etc. But he can come back. And he, he will begin rehabilitation probably in the next, you know, month to two months. Uh, and it really is whether or not he has a desire to do it. And there's a, like I said, there's a big psychological component right now having gone through surgery um, so many times in the past 18 months. But, you know, Tiger does come back. Will he be the dominant player? I, I, I'll go out on a limb and say no. I don't think he will be. Well, we know he's a you know we know he's a tough competitor, and uh, sitting back and being patient is probably a tough pill to swallow. It would be for anybody, let alone somebody like Tiger Woods. We so appreciate you spending a few minutes with us, Doctor Suppler, neurosurgeon at the Neurospine Institute, one of the premier state of the art spine centers 
in the world right here in Orlando. And thank you so much, doctor, for spending a few minutes with us. And say hello to Dr. Robert Masson as well. I will. Thanks for having me on. All right. You're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9, the game. Stay with us. We've got more golf talk coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so mean. I got good We're back. The Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. And Brandon Sweeney. Couldn't you just listen to our little break music all the way down I-4? I'm I'm looking forward to 2016. I'm tuned with that. You and me both. Hey, all right. We got a lot more golf to talk about here in our last... uh, I, I got a question for you. Who once said, the older I get, the better I used to be? Lee Trevino. And you know his birthday is today? Lee Trevino. Yeah, yeah. turning 77. And whose birthday's Friday? Da, 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 da. Holly G, give it up. Better December be, gotta, 4th. Give, uh, give Holly G a text. Happy That's birthday. Right. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. A lot of great December birthdays. There are. Yes, indeed. And, um, hey, a lot going on in women's golf as things wrapped up last week with the race to the CME down in Naples. And we're going to go to our intrepid reporter for Global Golf Post, who was right there watching it all happen. Steve Eubanks, welcome to the Golf Insiders. Thank you for having me, as always, Holly. And happy birthday, by the way. Well, thank you very much. Um, hey, I'm celebrating the whole week. So. <laughs> <laughs> with as many birthdays as you've had, you can take, oh! take a week to celebrate those. Back off there, buddy. Love you. How you doing, buddy? (laughs) Love you. Mean it. So uh, Lydia Ko wraps it all up. Repeat. Player of the year. Second year on tour. This girl's amazing. History. I mean, every time she steps out, we're watching history. And it's so easy to forget that this girl is 18 years old. I mean, truly, she is such an old soul. And you... You see her out on the golf course and even off the golf course. And it's like you're talking to someone in their mid-20s, maybe even their early 30s. It's almost impossible to recognize that this girl is 18 years old. It's amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially you know being down there last year, Steve, and listening to her uh, in the press conference with all that pressure that was on her. And, it, you know, I just had to keep looking <laughs> Pinching and looking up, going, you know, of course, then she was wearing the glasses. Now, you know, she's got, uh, you know, her more mature look at 18, but she is phenomenal. Yeah, she is absolutely phenomenal. And and, uh, I really got to spend a fair amount of time with her this year and got to know her pretty well. And and, uh, she is as remarkable or more remarkable off the golf course as she is on. And uh, when she's on, she's uh, the best in the women's game. So I think that... uh, Golf uh, on both tours right now is in incredibly good shape, and we've got some very young people to thank for that. Uh, not not just on the uh, on the men's side with Jordan, but on the women's side with Lydia as well. Absolutely, and a lot going on in the world of of global golf with 
Matt Jones edging out Adam Scott, his fellow countryman, and, and Jordan Spieth to win the Australian Open. A lot of people probably not, you know, don't remember that this was the period of time that really kick-started Jordan's whole year, and it's really yeah, been I phenomenal. Mean, it, it all goes back to the Australian Open last year, and I think that was a confidence boost for him, uh, and I think it was something that really propelled him to uh, to the year that he had, it certainly got him ready for the Masters, which was, uh, if anything, the catalyst for uh, for the history that we saw. And a, lo- a lot of other news going on right now. Um, new rule uh, coming out from the USGA. You want to talk about that? That you no longer can keep your own score if you're out there just playing a friendly round with yourself, so to speak. I it, it, it baffles me. Uh, given you know some of the good things that the USGA has done here lately, and some of the good initiatives that they're going out, that they would shoot themselves in the foot this way. What on earth are they thinking? I mean, you you mean to tell me, Holly, and you may disagree with this, but you mean to tell me that the USGA trusts me to go off in the woods and look for my golf ball by myself, but they don't trust me once I find it to post the score if I have if I unless I have someone playing with me to attest it. Really ridiculous. We could start it's an we could start an app for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it is the most absurd thing I've ever heard, and it's it's crazy in that I thought this was a game of integrity, and but the USGA has just basically said, no, no, we we really don't trust you to post your own handicap score anymore. It, it has far deeper implications than I think anyone there imagined when they did this. Well, that, that really puts a puts a jitter in the old uh, Twilight Golf, and and I think actually. The Canada said, "You know what? We're not going to do it." The Canadian uh, right. Golf Association. So many people. Uh, I, I mean, friends of mine have contacted me and said, "Great, I can't keep a handicap now because the majority of my rounds are post-dinner rounds by myself because it's my only time to wind down." Uh, people slip out, you know, late in the afternoon or whatever, and get in, you know, get in a round, and now they can't keep a handicap. So, so basically, you've taken an entire class of people. And said, "No, you, you're not eligible to, you know, participate in any club events anymore, or even to be able to, you know, handicap it when you go play a four ball with some friends." Yeah, that's really encouraging the growth of the game, isn't it? It's 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 gong, baffling. gong. completely baffling. Bring back the gong. There's got to there's got to be some reason behind it. Somebody must have did something to somebody, but but I tell you, it's uh, it, it's 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 interesting to see how the USGA operates and and some of their mindsets, but. You know, got to do what they say, I guess, right? Got to modify yeah, and move I, on. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I would, I would, it would be interested, and in, I'm, I'm interested in talking to those guys again early in the year uh, to find out exactly what was going on in the meetings there and what, what was the catalyst behind this. I mean, was there a, you know, was there some sort of a, an incident or something that led to this sort of thing? I, I just think it's, you know, it came out of the blue, and it, it just makes no sense to anyone. Well, some other uh, new um, rules that are coming out. The PGA Tour Policy Board has approved a regulation that will require players to add new events to their schedules beginning with the 2016-17 season. And I I guess this is uh, the the new strength of field regulation that's becoming a, a mandate, Steve? You know, I I worry about this, and I worry about this because I, I I know enough tour players who get a little rankled any time the tour tells them to do anything, but because they're independent contractors, and uh, you know they always have been, 
And that's, that's what they throw out at all times. You know, I'm not your employee. I am an independent contractor, and I will do what I see fit. Oh, and, and again, in a lot of instances, they throw that out even when the regulation doesn't affect them one way or the other. This one does. When you start talking about having to add additional events to your schedule, you're going to have some players balk at that. And, um, you know, I've always asked all along, you know, with the, with the golf being a global game now and the tour being all over the world, I've often wondered what would happen if the best players said, you know what, uh, Commissioner Fincham, I'm not going to play the minimum number of events. I'm going to play the, the World Golf Championships, the majors. I'm going to play a handful of events where I'm, I'm a past champion. And then I'm going to play in Europe three or four times, Australia a couple of times, maybe South Africa and Asia a time or two. That's my schedule. And now I own my own television rights. What are you going to do now? What's I've the pro- often wondered, well, what happens when that mutiny takes place? Well, <laughs> aye, we, know, aye, Captain. we know what happened when uh, Greg Norman sort of inched that way back a few years ago, but it's uh, obviously a totally different game now where, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot more influence and a lot more decision these guys have to make in terms of their, their scheduling. But Steve, as well, always, and, and, you know, well, go ahead. We just I, got 30 seconds I, left. No, I was just going to say, I, I would not be surprised to see it happen and uh, perhaps sooner rather than later with these new regs coming out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And... Uh, right around the corner, the 2016 Rio Games. We'll be uh, talking about golf in the Olympics very soon once we uh, flip the calendar in January 2016. It's going to be super exciting, Steve. It's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait to see who makes all these teams. All right. You can check it out every week, Global Golf Post. And you can check out the Golf Insiders every Wednesday. We're here for the rest of the month. We love you. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Take care, G. Thanks for a great season.